Hey everyone, Al here. Before we begin tonight's special episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Diabolical Coffee. It's devilishly good coffee and diabolically awesome swag. There's a roast for all tastes. You can order whole bean, coarse and standard grind, espresso. There's even a K-cup option for single cup brewers. And right now you can use a promo code PROTOSTAND for 20% off anything in the store. That's 20% off all coffee and merch. Thank you, Diabolical Coffee and Eric for your support. Now, here's our chat with Blair Lamora. While we are gathering virtually today, we acknowledge that each of us is on the traditional territory of many nations across Turtle Island. We record in Toronto, the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Today, it is home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We offer this acknowledgement as a stepping stone toward honoring the original occupants, a testimony to the oppression faced by Indigenous peoples, and our commitment to creating dialogues aimed at addressing such systemic injustice. That fresh produce stand there, that's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, fucking sexy. It's Monday, and that means we are once again hanging at the produce stand, a podcast covering everything in that universe. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this one is officially on a roll with the female Shorzy cast members. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt. Uh, Victor is back in the country, but he was una- unavailable for uh, uh, to join us this evening. But joining us this week, she's a Canadian actor who's appeared on shows like Outlander, Paranormal... Paranormal Night Shift and Alaska Daily, but we all love and know her as Ziguan from Shorzy. Please join me making some noise for Blair Lamora. Wondrous. Oh my god. Welcome to the produce stand, Blair. <laughs> Hello. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. What an intro. We told we you it was long. We've learned to prompt everyone because so many people stepped on that aggressive intro. Yeah. So we're like, we just gotta gotcha. let it ride. We gotta ride it out, right? Ride the wave. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this is amazing. We're on, like I was saying in the intro, we're on a bit of a roll now. We had Kalani last Thursday, and now we have you. Uh, the first two female cast members on our podcast. So thank you for being the brave ones to start the roll, the, the ball rolling. Hopefully we can get more on. Thanks for having me guys. And yes, definitely more on in the future. Let's do that. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to start off by just asking, you know, where are you speaking to us from today? So I am actually in Vancouver right now. Hmm. That's where I'm based at the moment. Okay. So. But is that where you're from originally? No. So I um, was actually born in Toronto, but I grew up in Brampton, Ontario. Oh, okay. That's oh, cool. Where all my family's from. Yeah. V-Town. Yes. Yeah, V-Town. Are you from V-Town? <laughs> I'm from oh, Brampton. Yes. Born it. and raised. That's my home. Oh. It's like we can smell each other out almost. <laughs> <laughs> like the Aussies and the New Zealanders in the, on the yeah, May 2-4 exactly episode of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, how cool would it be? Matt, where did you go to high school? Uh, Heart Lake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blair? Oh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. went to kind of like a newer high school. I went to St. Rock, which is like an art school. Oh, okay. I was there okay. and I, I specialized in theater and musical theater. Nice. Oh, all right. Nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's get started with that then, because uh, that's a perfect segue into how do you, how you got into acting. Uh, you, you went to a theater school. So it was always acting. Is that always something you wanted to do? 
Um, funny enough, no. Like I just knew I loved movies and music. I was always a creative kid, always like role playing or like putting on shows for the family. And mm. honestly, when it was time to go to high school, my mom kind of gave me an ultimatum. She was like, "You're either going to go to an all girls high school, or you can go to this new art school that's popping up down the street." And I was like. <gasps> I need to audition and get in immediately because I did not want to go to an all-girls school. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I made it that I got in and I kind of was like, okay, cool. Let's just roll with this. I don't really know what it's about. It kind of took over all of my curriculum. So it was very much based in the arts. That was my first priority. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just grew to love it. Like I always loved music and movies. I felt that it was such a great outlet for me. And I realized that it was really therapeutic going through all of it. And I kind of just you know, rode the wave a little bit. And then I was introduced to somebody who was in the industry at the time in film and television. And Mm -hmm. um, it kind of just opened my eyes to that and seeing it as something that maybe that's something I could do in my spare time. I never really thought of it as a career, right? I would say. And it was like, I like it. It's just fun. You know, I love storytelling and connecting through stories. Mm -hmm. So let's just try it out. And I got an agent and then I took a few acting, like film acting courses in the city and then just, started auditioning oh, and then amazing. kind of, you know, one thing led to another and now yeah. you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm curious with the, with the high school. So I, I almost ended up in an art school. It didn't work out for me, but mm. did you have to audition for the school? Yeah. And oh, yeah. do you remember, do you remember what your like, did you have like a piece that you did or, or what, what, what did you use as your audition as your, as your audition part? Yeah. So uh, they were auditioning like 400 kids for the grade nine class of like 30 students. Wow. Yeah. And wow. so they had one script for, you know, the guys, one script for the girls and the girls had to do Vruk assault from Willy Wonka from the play. <laughs> Whoa. Like this, and it's like this big bratty monologue of like yeah. two and a half minutes. And, yeah. you know, so they just like kind of give it to you. They're like, that's what we want you to do. If you have vocal range, try to give us a scale and, yeah. you know, we'll just talk to you a little bit and go from there. And that was pretty much the process of me getting in. So I got it like a week before yeah. the script. And then I kind of just, I never even seen the script before. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to act it yeah. the way I think it should be. Right. And yeah. And then I got, I got a call the week later, a little email saying that they had accepted me into the program. Wow. Yeah. wow. What a great piece to select for you guys to do though. Like as soon as you said Baruch Assault, I'm like, oh yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah. where that shows some range and some like all, oh yeah, great piece. Yeah. The ability to dive in and just kind of be crazy with it, but like the privilege, it's, it's cool. It was layered. It was very layered for a 14 year old to do. So it was fun. So <laughs> what, describe a, an art, high school i mean i'm sure you got it you have to take the you know the the three r's right uh, math uh, arithmetic reading and writing Re- reading writing yeah. arithmetic i know they don't start good, with r good thing they all started with r I know. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's how they're known thanks matt um so how do you it, so you have to take those and then and on top of that are like your art credits Yeah. So like I take all the standard courses that are mandatory. So you have like your math, religion, English, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, science. And then after that, you don't really get like electives. Mm -hmm. Normally, like each year you get more and more electives as like a a regular uh, student. But then with me, my electives were always art based and I didn't get to choose them. So it was either like musical theater, directing, writer's craft. Like there's a lot of different uh, things that are just geared towards towards theater and acting at that point yeah so it kind of was just wow. like getting you like you ready for that and there was different programs with me as well I kind of did that and there was a vocal program instrumental and we all kind of sometimes swapped and we were able to like sure. dive in a little bit feel out where we wanted to go so they gave us like a really good space to try to like creatively figure out where we were 
who, yeah. like where we wanted to go and kind of like go mm-hmm. from there. And then by what, okay. senior year, you, you kind of find the lane that you want to stick to, whether it's theater or music or, or do you? Yeah, like you can't really switch too much. There was the odd case where there was like maybe one or two people that switched from like a music program to a vocal program or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But very rarely, like they kind of really stuck to it, but they tried to like integrate it to get everybody, I guess, a little bit more well-rounded mm-hmm. with all the arts. Now yeah. you keep on bringing up music. Is it, was it theater or was it music that you got into then when you were in, in that school? I was in theater in okay. school, but right. I hung out a lot with the music kids because gotcha. like at home, like I was playing guitar and singing and songwriting and doing oh, nice. all that kind of stuff. Okay. So like that was my vibe, like uh, uh, as my personality, I really liked yeah. that. Sure. And I liked all my theater friends and, you know, we had obviously like all that common interest, but I just always liked music in that sense where I felt like a, d- a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've grown, I think as I've grown, um, I've definitely become very attached to acting because of the healing that I find that comes with it through the storytelling and the connections you make with people through these stories. Right. So, mm-hmm. so you've got some vocal chops then too, don't you? <laughs> okay. I could do a little number. <laughs> <laughs> Can we ask you to, or is that, uh... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't put you on, on this, on, on the spot there, but oh, that, so that's interesting. So is that, so is music then something that you just do as a hobby now or, or is there, are you like, songwriting on the side um i would say it's, it's more of a personal hobby mm-hmm. at the moment i mean i was dating a musician for a really long time and that kind of encouraged me to get into the studio and try some stuff out and really like live with it and right. i loved that um but i think yeah it's something that's more leisurely for mm-hmm. me right now like i don't know if i would ever put something out unless i felt extremely passionate like there was something that i needed to say right. and was feeling very connected to it um, but for right now, it's just like when I'm with friends or if I'm, you know, at home, just wanting to be in the energy of that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a personal. Mm-hmm. What's what's your musical genre that you uh, that you like? Oh, like I would say uh, it, it honestly mixes between like rock, alternative R&B, kind nice. of which is like a weird mix, yeah, like yeah. pop R&B. But like those are my core ones that I constantly am just going around. Like I was yeah. brought up on a lot of like. Evanescence, Def Leppard. Oh, nice. Like, you know, like all these like yeah. really cool, I want to say guitar and like yeah. emotional, like heavy type of bands that like. No wonder Harlan like, no, no wonder Harlan like hanging out with the girls instead of the guys <laughs> up in Sudbury. Because you guys were jamming. It's all making sense now. You guys were just yeah, jamming. We were jamming. Yeah. yeah, the first season, like Harlan just whipped out his guitar and we were just like singing and vibing in his hotel yeah. room. And it's just like fun when you meet people that, you know, have. Yeah. Those same type of energy and flow and like love for something mm-hmm. uh, that's very rare. So it's nice to kind of connect with all of that. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. Can you remember your first time uh, on stage where you where you got the bug? Oh, that's a that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I I would say honestly, like I had this. It was in grade. I think it was in grade eleven. Mm-hmm. I had just gotten the lead of a role for in my theater class theater production that we showed like pretty much the whole school through several runs and it was called Miss Beth so it's pretty much just a play on Macbeth but just changed so it's like modern day high schoolers and it's a cheerleading squad Mm -hmm. so like I was playing Beth who is like Macbeth and like you see the demise through like this cheer team and all this kind of stuff so it was like fun to go through this whole spiral more or less Mm -hmm. and then like as I was on stage like there is this scene where like I have to get into the zone and it's towards the end so I'm like cracking my fingers i cracked my neck on both sides and like it just like went through 
like the auditorium and everybody was like, oh, oh, like, you know, like just kind of like not like, like so grossed out and so like in shock of this transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt so good doing it. And as like a release and I was like, oh, like this is kind of fun, like just yeah. playing into it. So I think that would be like my first memorable moment on stage where I was like, I think I'm digging this. Yeah. yeah. When you, that reaction just, just fires you and eh? you're like, oh, that's, that's what I want. I, you yeah. need more of it. Yeah, like that's the thing about theater that I loved so much is like that instant gratification and that feeling of the audience responding to exactly what you're doing in real time. You know, like if the joke lands, they'll laugh. If it doesn't, you move forward. You just keep going, you know, Um, but it's it's really fun. So that was my moment, I think, for sure. How do you feel then doing more of the TV stuff then now? Like, do you do you want to do you feel that longing or that desire to go back to theater or are you doing theater um, in your in your where you are now? Um, I think about theater every now and then. I won't lie. I mean, like I. I love, I, I mean, I have family in New York, so I used to go see a lot of like Broadway shows mm-hmm. and do and do that kind of stuff. And just the energy is what mm-hmm. I love. And I think there is part of me that maybe one day will go back to it. Mm-hmm. I think um, maybe later on in my career, once I've checked off a few goals of mine that I have for film, but it is something that I think eventually I would because my heart just started there and I yeah. just, it feels like a little safe space. You have your little family, the stage is yours, you know, it's, it's a great play. So I just, mm-hmm. I love that eventually, yeah. I think. Nice. Yeah. So in 2020, you, uh, you, uh, you are in a show called Paranormal Night Shift. Is this your mm-hmm. first acting job? That was my first okay. acting job full on. That was not commercial. Mm-hmm. And oh, so you did, I, you did a bunch of commercials first. Yeah, I did a few commercials, like campaigns here and there, but Paranormal Night Shift was the first one that I booked to be on set as like, I guess it was like a guest star role. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun because so I'm somebody who, when I like to watch stuff, I love horror. I love drama. I love gore. Like that is my thing. Yeah. (laughs) And with Paranormal Night Shift, it was great because like I played a dead uh, made so what ended up happening was I had FX makeup everywhere I was slashed I was supposed to be dead covered in paint like it was like this crazy nice. thing and it was fun and yeah. I was like this is this is it like this is living the dream like yeah so it was that was great yeah You're like I looking in the twice. mirror going I made it I know I'm like, I've never looked more beautiful like this is insane like yeah it was great it was totally fun so that's cool. So you're you're a horror fan, and, and your first gig, you, you book a, a a ghost. You're a ghost. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, hold on. Wait, let's not leave the horror set. So, mm. what uh, like are some of your favorite horror movies? Yeah. Then, like, what are you drawn uh, to when you think of horror? Because there's a wide range of horror as well. Totally. Oh my god, horror. There's so much to it. There's so many styles of horror. Yeah. Like for me, ones that stand out because these are ones that I just genuinely like love. Um, one of the first ones is Blair Witch. I just okay. feel like that is just such a, a classic. And then I like um, Sinister is actually a really interesting one for me, just because I always find it interesting when the evil prevails and there's no okay. way around that. Um, so like that or Hereditary is a really fun one too. That's a little bit more modern. But like I've always heard, I haven't watched Hereditary, but I've heard crazy things about that one. Phenomenal. Yeah, Phenomenal. I hear it's really like, fucked up though. When I say like if I if I could do a movie like that, I would be done. I'd be done right. with acting because like that's my ultimate that's goal. Like wow. Tony Collette. Yeah, she did amazing. The writing is amazing. Ari Aster, the directing. I I could gush about that movie. Okay. It's phenomenal. Well, you are, so that's great. And <laughs> we've got oh, yeah. <laughs> we got a bunch of listeners who are big horror fans. So I think they're gonna love this part of your interview. That's that's amazing. Uh, it looks like your next job was uh 2022 Outlander. 
Yes. Talk about yes, that one for a bit. What's that about? Yeah. So um, I actually, that was my first really big official guest star role, I would mm-hmm. say. And I auditioned for it and I auditioned for a different role initially. Mm-hmm. And I didn't end up getting that one. They tried it a different way and it just, it wasn't working for me. And um, so they came back maybe a month later and they were like, Hey, I know the first one didn't work, but we have this and we think you would do really well. How do you feel about it? Um, and I was just in shock that they even thought of me. And I was like, oh, frick yeah, I'm down to do this. Let's go ahead. And they kind of just it got the ball rolling immediately. Next month, I was in uh, Scotland. And that was in the oh, height wow. of COVID. Wow. Yeah, so it was in the height of COVID. So like, yeah. I had to go through a lot of quarantine. I quarantined in London for two weeks. And then I jumped to Glasgow and I quarantined there for another three days. Jeez. And then I worked for two weeks. And then I went back afterwards. So it was kind of just like a big whirlwind but it was so beautiful like every moment of it yeah so your second job and they fly to scotland that's amazing yeah yeah how exciting (laughs) that is so exciting (laughs) too bad yeah it's about everything was so locked down you probably couldn't really enjoy it as much as you would have yes and no like that's the interesting thing like Mm -hmm. so when i went to london i was in quarantine for two weeks but the way it worked was I had three COVID tests that needed to be done before I went to Scotland to fly there. And if I had two tests that were done within those two weeks that came back negative, Mm -hmm. regardless of having my third one, I could go and walk about London because I had no COVID. So by the time I had my second test, I had two days left in London. Mm -hmm. So they were like, you're, you're negative. You can actually roam now. So me and then my friend that I was shooting with, we took advantage. So we went into the city, you know, saw, Buckingham Palace, walked right, around, right. Like, did all the touristy you know, stuff. Yeah, did, did was that your first stuff. time there? Yeah, oh, it wow. was, oh, yeah. and wow. it was great because it wasn't raining. It was actually sunny, oh. but it was like <laughs> which you would think the opposite. Yeah. But like it was sunny and it was beautiful. Like it was just like meant to be. The food was mm-hmm. great. The people were so nice. Like I, I had a great time, and then yeah, I flew over to Scotland, and then in my downtime from shooting, I was able to to roam around, and I was right downtown Glasgow. Oh, so nice. I was just like roaming around and everything was pretty like set up with their COVID measures. And like, mm-hmm. we were still, you know, being cautious because we had a job to do and sure, we were there course. for a particular yeah. reason, but like we still had options, which was kind of nice. So I yeah. didn't see it to the extent that I would have, but like the fact that I was there and was able to roam at least a little bit, I was right. grateful. It was so what a wicked experience. Yeah. And I love that you called out that it didn't rain in London, but now you live in the West coast where doesn't it basically rain all the time where you are yeah. <laughs> pretty much like 80% of the year. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I was only, I've only been to Vancouver once and the three days I spent there, it was, there were sunny days. So maybe I got lucky. I got the. You lucked out. Vancouver, <laughs> yeah. when it is sunny, it's so beautiful. It's mm-hmm, a completely it is, different yeah, it's world. Gorgeous. Yeah. All right. And then 2023 Alaska daily. Um, did you get to meet Hillary Swank? Indeed I did. Indeed what was that I like? Did. She is so sweet. Like she is so nice and she is so easy to work with in a sense where she makes everybody feel so comfortable. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she's telling some jokes in between, you know, she's really accommodating and really sweet. Like I have nothing but great things to say. Um, my scene was with Hillary and oh. with Grace Dove and Miguel Fairbrother. And it was a really fun time because like just to be a part of like something where the story being told also is really important. You know, it's a very emotional set, but it was very also comforting and caring. And I had a great time being with everybody and meeting with them. I was only there for a little bit. I was like a little guest star role, Mm -hmm. but it was really nice nonetheless. And I was like, 
I, I loved it. I played a mom for the first time. So really? that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had like a dummy baby that looked like it would haunt everybody in their nightmares. And then I had like a real baby that I would do for the clothes shots. So, so you kind of tapped thing. into your horror side a little bit there with the little dummy baby, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, and it's funny because with the dummy baby, I was like perching it everywhere throughout the day, like in these corners. So like people would turn and go like, oh, like, because it actually was terrifying. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> was that actually shot you. up in Alaska? Is that you, you got to go to Alaska to do that? Ah, the movie Magic Man. It no? was a lot of it was all over the place. Oh, like okay. in, in BC, they went to, I think, Yellowknife a few times. All like, right. So it was kind of everywhere. I shot mm-hmm. my scene particularly in Surrey. Mm-hmm. Okay. In Surrey, okay. BC. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to, I mean, what everyone's here to talk about or wants to hear us talk about, and that's Shorzy. How. Do you get involved with Shorzy? How did I get involved with Shorzy? I auditioned for it. I auditioned for it. And funny enough, I heard about it, about the auditioning process of it while I was in Scotland shooting Outlander. I had um, somebody. Yeah, I had somebody there um, because I played a Cherokee woman. And so there was quite a few indigenous cast there because they were working with a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody that I know was like, oh, I, I heard that they're starting to shoot a spinoff of Letter Kenny and they're looking for, you know, to native kids and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that would be really cool. Cause like my dad and my brother love Letter Kenny. Like they oh, yeah? watch that religiously. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I know that show. Like mm-hmm. that would be really cool to get it. And it's with the hockey boys. I was like, oh God, because my, my family's a huge hockey family. Oh, so wow. I was like, Oh, so you happened. are the opposite of, of Kehlani because she has, she couldn't care less about hockey. <laughs> yeah. Like we're the opposite in that sense. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in hockey arenas. Like mm-hmm. my brothers played rep hockey. We were constantly going around. Like right. I remember just forever in a coat with a book in hand waiting for practices and stuff. Right. Like, and um, so with the show, I heard about it and I was like, that'd be interesting if that came my way. And then when I, a week later when I got back, I had got an audition for it and it was a split audition for like Meg and Zeke. Mm-hmm. So they okay. gave us the script and we just read for both in the scene. And um, yeah, I did my audition, sent it in and hoped for the best, heard nothing for like maybe four months. <sighs> and then wow. I got a call in October and they were like, Hey, um, how are you feeling? Do you remember auditioning for this? Like, do you want it? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I was, like yeah. and it was funny because it was happening as I was signing my lease to move to Vancouver because I was still oh, in Brampton wow. at the time. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah, I could be back in a week to do that for <laughs> sure. As I'm like mid move, I was like, that's great. Yeah. So yeah. Do you remember who 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 gave you the call? Was it Kara? It was actually my agent. Oh, my agent oh at okay. The time gave me the call. She was like, "Hey, uh, I know you're moving, but um, do you want to do the show in Sudbury? Yeah, you have to come back next week." And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, let's do so it. <laughs> I, I never really asked the question why the move was it to get closer to all the action in terms of all the tv shows and stuff out there or was it just like a lifestyle change what did you a mix of it all to okay. be honest yeah. like i was in a position in my life where i just i could leap anywhere mm-hmm. like i was i wanted to move i was changing my agency i was revving up a new portfolio for myself like really trying to get the ball rolling and i was like you know i just i'm very much somebody who likes to shake things up completely and i was like you know what i'm just gonna move across the country so i did i had my agent that i really wanted and they were out here and i told myself if i got the agent that i truly wanted mm-hmm. then i'll start looking for a place two days later i got the agent i wanted and i was like okay so now i'll look for a place two days later a place came available that was in my price range got that 
that. Wow. And then it just kind of like steamrolled that way. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess that's where we're going. Like, I don't <laughs> normally have like a plan. I kind of just feel things out and what makes yeah. sense in the moment wow. and sure. trust that it's going to work for me. And then you, you get your first, well, not your first acting job, but you get a, a dream acting job and it brings you back to Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't that funny? I'm like, go figure. I got to move away from home to get a job at home. Like that's just how it works apparently. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, you kind of already answered the question of like whether you knew about Letter Kenny beforehand. You said your dad and your brother were big fans, but what about you? Like, how aware were you of the show? I liked it. I thought yeah. it was funny. I mean, the humor is that's my <laughs> the, my family humor. I feel okay. like my brothers talk talk like that. Like, it's yeah. such an Ontario yes. show. You know, yeah. like if you're from Ontario, a lot of people know it, and it's very true to the culture. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Uh, yeah, I, I knew what I was getting into right away. It was a fun time and I was very stoked. Yeah. Very stoked. So when you told your dad, mm-hmm. I got a job and it's on Shorzy, how did he react? He was in shock. Like right? I, 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 thought, I had to double check. He was still on the phone. Yeah. I was like, are you, are you still there? Yeah. And he was like, I, I, are they going to show Shorzy? Are they going to start <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Ask the question. Like, Those are all the questions. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I don't know yet. We'll let you know. That's <laughs> amazing. Cause I, it's, it's funny. I was going to ask that next. Like, you know, if you were a fan and then your family were fans of Letterkenny, that was our number one question. Like, how are they, are they going to show them? And yeah. how are they going to create a story around the guy who's just a chirping Perfect. asshole? And yeah. like, like uh-huh. so like i'm sure those conversations happen as well and then you get to see the script and know what's going on uh, yeah well that's a good point a good thing you moved out to vancouver when you did because i'm sure if you'd received those scripts at home there's no way in hell you would have kept them from your dad or your brother they would not have been safe <laughs> i would be on guard they'd probably have my laptop trying to figure out the password you know like, yeah no it was in a safe zone because we were all wondering we were all asking those questions it was like what are they gonna do how how is this gonna work a whole show centered around this one guy that no one knows anything about yeah, yeah but they no, did it they've they done it so it. well mm-hmm. they've done so, it so well, well. it's <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah i mean so talk about i mean kailana's uh Kailani mentioned the story of you know how you and her were in the same room when when you met jared and and uh and jacob because you you moved out there and you surprised them by being on the same call so that was kind of fun your first time though meeting in person would it would that have been in sudbury when you guys all came to set yeah. or yeah yeah the first time i met jared and jacob and and pretty much like a a, a lot of people Everyone was else. in sudbury like we had a bit of a a cast read of one of the bigger scenes like the duotang scene in yeah. episode two <laughs> we kind of all sat down with each other for the first time said hi got comfortable mm-hmm. and then just you know threw it out there and we were all very collaborative and open to figuring out where we were going. And, you know, it was just a, you could tell it was going to be a good environment because everybody yeah. is so down to just lift each other up and make it the best that it can be. So. All right. Love That's it. a very important question then. So did you know what a duotang was, <laughs> was before <laughs> you, uh, when you saw the script, you're like, what the hell's a duotang? Oh, well, there was I a knew. lot of controversy on, on our show with that. <laughs> yeah. Depends on your age, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I knew what a duotang was because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I used to fight them all the time when I had to be in school and add pages in. Yeah. So I would always 
cut my fingers on the little prongs. On those, the pro- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I knew right away. You'd, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be shocked to hear how many the, U- the U.S. Americans. Yeah, the Americans, Americans. Didn't know the Americans did not know what it <laughs> was. was it was it was like, what the hell is a do There was some very yeah. active dialogue around yeah. what the hell a do was. <laughs> yeah, they got to get on our level. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, is that a Canadian thing? Like, what is that? <laughs> That's so yeah. good. So what was the, so, I mean, I I did this with Kehlani's Hope, but I liked how it went. So talk about the dynamic of what she referred to as the trio. So you, Nat, and and Z, um, and Meg. So the three of you, or again, obviously on a personal level and on a, uh, you know, the characters within the show, what, what were the three of you like and, and, and how did it work on scene and off scene? Yeah. Like, it's funny because I feel like our characters really do mirror who we are in real life and our dynamic, Mm -hmm. which is pretty hilarious. Like obviously not as heightened, but like they're definitely there. And I feel like even when we go out as our trio, it's very much like me, Zeke and Nat going out. Like it's quite funny. Um, And I think we all have a great relationship with one another. Like we just kind of clicked in the first season. We knew exactly who we were to one another, what we were to the team. And we needed to make sure that like, our unit is strong because there was a reason for, you know, us three women coming yes. together and doing this and in a mix of all these men, you know, like, so that creates a different bond entirely as well. And it's so nice to have them as support through all of this as well. So it's like, it's been a really great, great journey with both of them in this, honestly. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy. We all have each other's backs in that sense. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, the, the, the female empowerment on these on Lettercandy and even Shorzy is just mm-hmm. mind blowing. So, I mean, that must that must resonate pretty well with yourself as well to be a part of something like that, knowing that, again, both shows are right or wrong, absolutely run by women. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, definitely. They're the backbones in a lot of these, you know, and it's really fun to be that when it seems like it's so male centric, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really nice to be a part of that and to feel you know, comfortable and safe and strong all at the yeah. same time within this environment. So it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Now, were you given a character Bible for uh Zeke or just, did you have to kind of take the script and, you know, ma- you know, extrapolate what your character is from the script? Like, were, did they give you like some background? There was like a little bit of backgrounds. Like yeah. I knew that, you know, she was a little bit more of the aggressive sister, a little bit more of a hothead, mm-hmm. um, the, the key like key points about her but nothing right. really um heavy mm-hmm. and you know so like one conversation that i remember having with uh jared and jacob when i was doing that zoom with kehlani in her apartment yeah. was trying to figure out like who zeke is romantically you know because in the scripts the first versions of the scripts it was kind of flipping between her being a lesbian or her being bisexual or mm-hmm. you know trying to figure out what suits it best yeah. and i kind of made the decision that I wanted her to be bisexual because I myself am bisexual. And I feel like there's also just a lot more room to like explore that I think would be really fun. Mm -hmm. And um, so there were things to build, you know, especially when it came to hair, makeup, Mm -hmm. wardrobe, like a lot of that is a collaborative process Mm -hmm. A second season more. So I want to say I have a little bit more grip on her and she's very much me (laughs) a little bit more we're very much meshed in the second season which i really love and Mm -hmm. we're growing more and more as as you know we go along and it's really beautiful so i mean it's a collaborative process all around for everybody right yeah Mm -hmm. 
with the collaboration, I mean, you you mentioned sort of the look and wear. Was there a lot of even collaboration with? I know Ginger does the the costume design. You know, was there any like like did you have say in any of that, or you know, what was your take on on, on the look of of Zig as well? Yeah, like in the first scene, I can. I mean, the first season, I can talk to um, me and Ginge. It was really nice because she kind of came with like a mood board style, Pinterest style board okay. of like what she imagined Zeke to look like. And then I kind of had a board, actually, funny enough too, where I was like, I think these kind of work with this too. And we kind of just were able to to mend something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into the fittings, when you're in Sudbury, that's when you really get to see like what feels like the character and what we're trying to do. So like we, we really built it together. And then this season, same thing. She came back to me with a different mood board. I had a different mood board. We adjusted it accordingly and like, it just felt right. And that's when it should, you know, you're both putting in an effort for something that you both care for yeah. and, you know, are passionate about. And when it works, it feels great. And yeah. she is amazing at what she does. So I love that. Do I love think- that. It truly sounds collaborative. Not like, Hey, you show up, here's what you're wearing it, yeah. which I'm sure there's still some of that, but like you have an active say in what you're comfortable with, which I think would probably bring out your, the better version of your portrayal as well. That's just it. Exactly. Right. Like you want to be able to be, even though I'm acting as a different character, I would like to still be attached in, in it somehow to like mm-hmm. feel it in my body, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like Jared does this beautiful thing where like some of the cast that has come on, they're playing themselves. But like for us, for example, like where we're taking on a character, mm-hmm. the more he's gotten to know us, the more he incorporates some attributes of us into yeah. these new characters um which is really nice and i think you'll see a lot more of in season two um so it's it's a gr- again collaborative collaborative mm. collaborative it's beautiful do you look through the script then before you did the the mood board like do, do you get a feel for what the season is um before you go okay this is what i'm kind of feeling off of this yeah so like i'll get the script maybe like two, three weeks before mm. shoot ish, like a month before that kind of range. Yeah. I'll, I'll read through it, kind of get a feel for what's going on, how I'm feeling with the character. And then like shortly after the week later, that's when, you know, hair and makeup and wardrobe start coming in and saying, Hey, like, so these are our ideas. Everybody kind of has a generic look and then pulls and figures out from there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So I kind of just have my vibes and how I see it playing out. And then they have theirs. We bring it together. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's so much, there's so much magic. Like we were, we were Mm -hmm. in Sudbury and Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to, to go and see the trailers and makeup and hair and, and ginger and the wardrobe uh, uh, trailer and just so much that goes behind the scenes that goes on that you just don't even, and, and even actually watching some of the, um, um, some of the takes and, you know, doing shoot after shoot after shoot until it's perfect. It's just like, it's so time consuming and so, so, um, you know, just down to such little details that, you know, as a viewer, just watching the show, you don't see all of that that goes behind it. It's it's so yeah. uh, it's so it, magical. It's the little things and it takes a village, truly. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you see the end product, you don't really realize how much goes into it mm-hmm. down to like if we're talking wardrobe, like I have these little pins that Zeke wears that I don't know if people see because they're like kind of on my collar, but like they mean a lot to me and my character. It's Mm -hmm. these little things that, you know, really make a big difference, especially Mm -hmm. for us. And, you know, for the viewers that do pay attention to, you know, the little details, the stands that like love to capture all the little things, like, so I mean, if it doesn't go unnoticed and it's beautiful, it's, it's, 
the do dedication you, to the art. Do you have those stories then for, for what those pins, like you were just saying on your call, do you write that story kind of in your mind of, okay, she would have got this on this, like this time frame, and it would have meant this or came, came from somebody like, do you write yeah. kind of that idea in your head? I do with some pieces for sure. Like I have like a particular ring that Zeke wears called deadly and, um, and it just sits on my hand and it's something that I think is so cool for her. Cause I feel like that was her kind of like promise to herself that she's going to be strong in this hockey world with like all these men and like really like be to herself and like strong in her power. Or like I have a little blueberry pin that sits on one of my uh, bomber jackets. And it's kind of me like subtly supporting the boys because like I don't want them to know that I like them that much, but I like them. You know, so it's kind of like those little <laughs> things. Like I build just a little bit of attachment to it. it to make it real. I That's love so it. So on that, let, let's, let me shift back to, to the, to the boys then. So, and I feel mm-hmm. like I can get a very different answer this week. Oh um, boy. Because you've already mentioned that you grew up around the hockey world, right? That was part of your fiber growing up. So when you showed up on set and it's jock central everywhere you look with these guys, were you at home in this space or what, what was the, what was the mentality when you showed up and there's, there's TR and there's Dolo and Max Buffard and all, they're all just hanging out. Yeah. So I like, I walk in cause like the first week we also shot in the arena. Right. So okay. it was like, you're, you're diving right in. So you walk into the arena, it's cold. The Zamboni's there. I'm like, Oh, and I look, I'm texting my mom. I'm like, Hey, guess where I am. I feel like I'm 12 <laughs> years old again, walking around an arena. It smells like jockstrap. Like I can't, it was just like a funny, it was a funny kind of like, yeah weird experience deja vu Come full almost. circle mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly i'm like i feel like i prepped for this my whole life somehow like so it was just a like, good time yeah, just like you moved to vancouver you had to move to vancouver to be brought back to ontario you had to become an actress in order to be brought back to the hockey arena exactly <laughs> you can't get away exactly. from it <laughs> no the hockey boys the f- no. for they're here to stay apparently yeah. so you mentioned season two and uh, we're not going to, don't worry, we won't ask you about any particulars of season two, but uh, interested to know the difference between se- shooting season one and two, because one, you guys were smack dab in the middle of, of, of the pandemic Two, I mean, we, we got, we arrived there as you, as you guys left. Uh, so it, we, we felt how open and, and stuff things were. So what was the big, biggest difference for you anyway, between those seasons? Um, in regards to like, COVID and stuff like just being able to go out and actually see Sudbury right. like um, it was funny because I'd been there through three kind of stages of COVID in Sudbury when we first shot the first season we were completely locked down we weren't really allowed to go out anywhere mm-hmm. we, okay. you had to stay in the pack which rightfully so because sure. you know it was just crazy at the time yeah. but then I went back pretty much like five months later because I shot a different movie there mm-hmm. and things had opened up a little bit more so I was able to like go around and see some stuff but then this time it felt like a blast i was able to like fully embrace sudbury for mm-hmm. what it was and like, it, go yeah. party at peppy's and go shoot some pool at peddlers you know do all that kind of stuff which is fun you know mm-hmm. like i'm a girl that like i love a good dive bar i'm down for some pool like let's just have a good easy going night you know mm-hmm. and everybody's like that too and that's what yeah. makes sudbury fun because i think that's just the energy of being with one another there you know it's like a it's a really cool, mm-hmm. connected little city well, in that sense. Yeah. Their downtown core, there's always something to do. 
Yeah. yeah. What's the What's the name of the bar we closed out twice? It was Station something. Something Station. Station. 84? Oh, Station 88, 84. Oh man, what a gem that place is. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we closed that one out too a few times. That's a great place. What do you yeah. mean, beer and board games? Oh yeah. my Bring god! Like we walked in, I'm like, I, I kept describing is like my buddy's basement ran into a yard sale, but I loved yeah. it. I'm like, this, I'm <laughs> home. Exactly. It feels comfy, cozy. The TV's playing. They've got classic rock in the corner. Ah, where it was. Yeah, amazing. we had a an epic game. Of what was it, Trivial Pursuit with Harlan? Yeah, with like, Harlan. He loved, oh, it. Yeah. He loved his Trivial and Pursuit. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Yeah. But I think fun, Harlan yeah. was more mad at the Trivial Pursuit because I don't think he understood half of the questions because the <laughs> board game was made like 20 years before he was born. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> he he like just like asking the questions. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah like, he's just really a thing? doing his best, Alex Trebek. All right, let's move on to our uh, listener questions. Uh, we had, we. Yeah told people that you were visiting us today and they got, got all excited and uh, sent us a bunch of uh, um, <clears throat> messages. I'm going to start here. This isn't a question, but it is a message uh, that I got on uh, Instagram. Blair exudes talent, humbleness, and willingness to succeed that makes her a positive force you want to be around. Proud to call her a friend. And that's from someone named Patrick Plywood McNeil. I don't know. Yeah, Pat. <laughs> oh, he's so sweet. Yeah. He, he works on, on Shorzy with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've we've had him on the, the podcast, so we, yeah. we know him oh, very well. Yeah. yeah. You know him well. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that guy. <laughs> Matt, did Pat. you have any? Yeah, I had, I had a couple. I was reached out to a few friends to see if anyone wanted to say something. So we got... Uh, Mr. Max Buffard wanted to say what's up and he misses the gang so much. Uh, so obviously can't wait to connect sometime soon again. Um, uh, Andrew Antonin, he's super excited and can't wait to see you next month. The PEI. What's that all about? Oh, PEI? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to PEI. Um, So Andrew actually has like this organization that he goes to um, reserves and he talks to the children about being open to creative outlets or sport outlets, trying to like expand them in that sense and, you know, give them the inspiration to maybe dive into things that they never thought of before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going with him to PEI at the end of July and I'm going to go talk about acting and like my creative processes and things like that to kind of just open it up to them and hopefully inspired to do more with their future and like see that there's more than the, what's just in front of them. That's amazing. So, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Well, well, yeah. good luck. Have you ever been out East? I, I have actually, my dad was born in Halifax, so I've been to Halifax. Um, but that is the most East that yeah. I've been. So it's going to yeah. be my first time in PEI. Mm-hmm. Well, enjoy. It's lovely. We have a lot in common. I'm from Brampton and my entire family is from Nova Scotia. So. <laughs> ah, okay. Hey. We, we, got, we have that connection. I'll take it. Totally. I'm in. Uh, and I got one more for you. I mean, aside from sending nothing but love, Dolo has a question for you. Okay. <laughs> and he says, Ask her if she'd rather be left in space for 30 years or frozen for 30 years and then come back. I don't know. know. I I didn't write it. This came from him. You know why this is an insane question? Because we had a conversation one night, me, him and Jacob, who plays fish Mm -hmm. about he heard a story that there was a wolf that was frozen 30 years ago that was found in Siberia. And when they found the wolf, they, I guess, defrosted it, defrosted it. I don't know the proper uh-huh. word, but they unfrosted it and it came back to life. What? Okay. 
This is the story that I was told. Okay. All right. Uh, Just for clarification. I feel like that is. Who's telling? Is it Dolo telling or Jacob telling? (laughs) Yeah. It it makes a whole lot of sense that it was Jacob because we've met Jacob and uh, we know (laughs) we can't wait to have him. I was thinking the same. Like this probably came from Jacob. (laughs) Totally, Jacob. You you guys are on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So Jacob brought up the question, and then we just started getting into this conversation of like. How does that even happen? Like, how does a soul connect back to the vessel? Like, yeah. you know, having this whole existential, like, mm. where do we even go with this? Um, so <laughs> this is a tricky one. I might have to go with the first answer because that is the only realistic answer that they're left in space for 30 years. eh? Yeah, you can't you cannot be frozen and brought back. There's no way. Well, I feel like the question itself uh, demands some suspension of reality. Uh, (laughs) So So I love it. I actually thought he was just fucking with you. So I love there's actually some context behind. I thought maybe he was just bored and like I'll just mess with her and send this one. I didn't actually expect some context. Oh no, this one this runs deep. You don't even understand day long conversations. And I'm sure you were all very sober too when 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 you were talking. Always. What do you mean? Of course. <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, our buddy YYZ Gord from Toronto had already asked, you already answered, but uh, he uh, just want to call him out. He said, were you already a fan or not, had knowledge, previous knowledge of Letterkenny, which you were. So thank yeah. you, Gord, for that. Um, earlier question, uh, Blair, let's see if she hangs. Oh, ask Blair if she hangs around the hockey scenes. It, kind of, We've heard of that. And if so, which slut? is the best on the ice. That's from our buddy Dennis in the UK. Ooh, God, that's a good question. <laughs> I have seen some of the hockey stuff. I haven't seen too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because when they have their hockey days, they're pretty long and they're pretty tiring. Go, go, go. So mm-hmm. I try not to be too in the way when I'm off the clock. Um, but when I am there... And it's okay, mm-hmm. you can throw them up. They all threw each other <laughs> under the yeah, box. Yeah, they all had different answers. They didn't even miss it's a like, beat. Actually, you know, they just, they kind of just have all like different strengths, you yeah. know, so it's kind <laughs> oh, of like hard to say, but like, uh, I would say, I would say the, the most fire I feel is from Dolo for sure. Right. Yeah, oh, he gets wow. a little crazy on the ice there. Or I would say Jordan had a pretty good, pretty good scene going on. So. I was going to say, well, cause Jordan, I mean, he, he's the only one with the, the hardware, right? He's the only one with the cup. True. Yeah, no, that is true. That is a factor, but mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah, he brings it. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah close to for sure <laughs> very good uh i think a lot of them would defaulted to jordan just because they could say like he's the only one with with, with a cup so uh not fair <laughs> now how do we know that he's the only one with a cup i've got to ask what uh, it's the stanley cup not oh a stanley cup I th- i'm thinking jocks <laughs> oh you're so cute tan <laughs> <laughs> no nothing about hockey tanya. other than i know they need a cup to play <laughs> tanya <laughs> that's where my mind went wait did you mean a jock strap yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was a like, now how the hell do you know he has a cup on? Awesome, awesome. I love right? this. Right. So, never changed. Oh, so, man. <laughs> Tanya's more in the Kehlani camp. So that's good. And, and as you can see about hockey. Yeah. Um, amazing. Oh, that's funny. Oh, question uh, answered. Let's see here. Um, Kehlani and Blair did a great job of pulling off the annoyed sister role with subtle huffs, eye rolls, and glances. Did that come naturally? Um, because it came across very believable. That's from our buddy Adrian in Maine. Hey, Adrian. It was very <laughs> natural. I would say it's very natural. Because, like, so when I read the script, it's just funny because the way Jared chirps me, particularly, mm-hmm. is exactly 
how my brothers chirp me. So it's okay. like when he says it, I immediately like just my internal just went, like tick, like I kind of just. <laughs> oh, he's triggering you, eh? Yeah, like I feel like I'm fighting with my brothers. Amazing. Like there's no mercy. So when you see me kind of seething, oh, it's because it's on. Like it's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> very natural. And you guys are brutal to each other, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's so fun. And I like that they let Zeke make them have it, you know, and I'm kind of one of the few that makes Jared cry a little bit. So it's nice. nice. So <laughs> so did has Jared given you some great lines to go back at your brothers on now? Like uh, when you go when you do see them, do you have some good lines now? <laughs> Definitely. I definitely throw in some from the show. Mm -hmm. I kind of like have some backhanded ones that they're kind of like, where'd you learn that? Like, you can't use that word, you know, like, they kind of just like <laughs> they're hockey bros, and they're like, you can't do that. You're like, not part of the hockey bros. Like, so it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Our friend Cassie, she's from Simcoe, Ontario. Uh, and she, she would love to know if uh, she's heard a lot of glowing praise about indigenous representation on Shorzy. Can you speak to this experience? Uh, can you speak to some of the indigenous brands and, and clothing uh, used and the importance of authenticity on that show? Totally. Indigenous representation is so important, especially like right now. I feel like there's a lot of beautiful risings coming. And I think especially with our crew and cast, we're really fortunate because everybody is so accepting and is so ready to have all of that inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And in regards to costume, to hair, to makeup, to crew themselves, it's shown through every single aspect. Like we do use a lot of indigenous brands for the clothing and jewelry. We use the makeup in the hair and makeup trailers. You know, we are very much connected to it all. Even the cast being at center ice for it is mm -hmm. huge in itself, you know, and showing us in the present day is huge as well. Like, so there's a lot of really beautiful things around that kind of naturally just bring in that empowerment and like inclusion and it's so amazing to be a part of. It feels great to go to set every day and feel like you are a part of something that's bigger, better, and beautiful, you mm -hmm. know? Well put. Uh, still from Cassie, what message or advice do you want to give young Indigenous individuals who want to get into acting? I would say follow your heart. Follow your passion. It is doable. Whatever you set your mind to can come into fruition for you if you believe in yourself. And, you know, taking the right steps towards it, figuring out how certain people that you love and admire got there and trying to adopt some of those things and make it work for yourself to move forward. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's really big. Keeping the right people around you and your head on where you want to go is the biggest battle. So as long as you have good people around you, a good heart, you're going to make it somewhere to where you want to go. And I feel know? like there hasn't, there's never been a better time to be an indigenous actor than right now in terms of all the, the different projects mm -hmm. that are, that are coming out. Eh? Totally. There are so many amazing writers, directors, producers coming into the picture right now. And if there is a time for you to want to do something, to try it, at least to see where you'll land, now is the time. You yeah. know, there's no time like the present time is not given. So you need to jump when you have the opportunities and it feels right. So I'd say yeah. dive in. Yeah. Really, well, really before we leave, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was before we leave that topic really quickly, um, from an inspiration standpoint, like growing up, were there individuals, other actors, directors, musicians that you really drew inspiration from? Mm, great question. Mm, that's a great question. I think I've, I've, I'm always inspired by just like a lot of 
moments, I would say like, there's not people in particular that, you know, like, yes. Okay. So wait, scratch that. There, there are people that I do look up to. Okay. Like, you know, they're typically more so musicians, but when it comes to acting, I feel like there's actors that just have brilliant moments and brilliant, you know, um, processes that I think are really intriguing because at the end of the day, as an actor, like you kind of are like evaluating what it's like to be a human and how to move forward with that and the connections that you make. And so like Tony Collette is a big one that I really, really love. I loved like, um, like the mummy was a huge movie when I was a kid. Like I wanted to do stuff like that or underworld Lord of the Rings, like these like stories that maybe have a big suspension of disbelief, Mm -hmm. but are still very much connected to the heart. So it's just like things like that. And same with music. Like I loved like Amy Lee Evanescence, um, you know, Haley Williams, Paramore. Like there was like a lot of these like women, I would say also for myself that were heavily influenced creatively. Of course. I see a bit of a pattern there. You, you, you love the women with the strong operatic voices, but surrounded by that heavy kind of industrial music. Totally. They have something to say with meaning Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's just very raw. Like Mm -hmm. it just feels raw and real. And that's what I think is what drives me is I'm always looking for that. Like the genuine emotion, genuine people, the moments that feel like that make you feel like infinite and connected. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. I like that. uh, This is just a comment from, from Cassie. She wants to say, can you please just thank her for her portrayal and empowerment of indigenous women? It means a lot and so empowering and inspiring to myself and other indigenous people. Representation is so important and especially the importance of modernized representation. So uh, she just wants to say thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. That actually (laughs) warms my heart a lot. Um, So I'm very appreciative that I'm, here to be able to even do that and you know be able to connect with people through this and and just show that like how I was shown when I was a kid that like you can do what you want to do mm-hmm. you know it's not far out of reach at all people will try to tell you that but it's not so thank you thank you thank you thank you Cassie's one I mean she's one of our listeners and actually she's going to be doing and in a couple of weeks she's going to be doing a special episode with us on the indigenous uh um actors that we've already interviewed you're probably going to be part of that episode so in case, in case you want to want to listen to it she's going to come on and, and talk about that because uh, it is something near and dear to her it's for indigenous day i think uh coming up on the 17th is it june june 17th beautiful okay i'm in <laughs> yeah. i'm there <laughs> um our friend aaron from chicago she had a couple of questions first one what's the best advice you've ever received on set Ooh. That's a good one. What is the best advice I'd ever received on set? Mm-hmm. It could be on Shorzy or on any, on any of the other sets you've been on. Hmm. I would say, okay. And I, I heard this from a friend when I was on uh, Outlander um, because like that was my first big one and I was a mm-hmm. little nervous and um, you know, you could prep till the cows come home, but like you never know how it's going to end up on the day. And I think with me, I'm somebody who's very much, um, a bit of an overthinker mm-hmm. always kind of wants to try to like make sure everything's in place and organized. And um, you can't do that with film. That is so the opposite of this industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend told me, she's like, you know, you're all, you're here for a reason. They've already, you've already done all the hard part. You're in costume. Like you're going to go, you just have to believe yeah. that you can do it. You're here for a reason. They believe in you. So you need to believe in you and what you're doing. And it shocked me because I was like, you're actually right. Everybody is working with me, not against me. We're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. So that was something that stuck really, really well. That's great. Advice. Yeah. You all want each other to exceed. Mm-hmm. Like That's just it. Like we're always told, you know, there's, 
not enough room and there's no space and it's all dog eat dog. And like to a point it is, but at the same time, we don't realize there's so much room at the table. Mm-hmm. There is so much room for absolutely everybody. And if we work together as opposed to against, it's so much easier and we will go so much farther. Okay. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. Second, second one from our friend Erin in Chicago. She's she's a teacher, so this one here is uh, near and dear to her heart. What educators have inspired you the most? Mm, what educators have inspired me the most? I would have to say, actually, um, an acting teacher, an okay. acting coach that mm-hmm. I had back in Toronto. His name is Louis Bomander, and I studied under him for about like a year and a half. And he really opened me up to the fact that like it's okay to be. Um, emotional and to tap into these things that are constantly there because your emotions are always within you and you know that it is about the art of connection and genuinely feeling and even though that that's scary it's a beautiful thing because you're healing and you're helping and you're sharing with a bunch of other people who might need it as well so I would say he was definitely a big pivotal person in my acting career all right shout out um Tobias from Missouri asked, "What what would be, do you have a dream role? Is there a role you'd love to play?" Ah, oh, a dream role. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, ho- which I, horror character would be? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's so funny? So like, yes, horror is exactly what I want to do. Like that would be just like the bread and butter. If I could be covered in blood and, and <laughs> craziness all day, I would love that. Um, but like genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I think if there was one role that I could like dream about playing um there's this movie called princess mononoke and it's by it's a studio ghibli anime movie and it's um about just protecting the earth and the, the battle between the earth and the humans and like the resources and it's just it's a beautiful story i've loved it since i was a kid i thought i was son i was calling myself son for like ever and um i think that that's something if they were to do a live action I, I need to get in there. Like there's no if, ands, or buts. Like that's something that I felt connected to since I was a kid. Right. And that would be epic. Right. It's just so epic. So that would be my goal. Yeah. Great, mm-hmm. great choice. I, I mean, I've only, so what is that genre? Is that anime? Is that what we'd call that genre? Yeah. 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 It's technically I, anime. I've probably only seen like three in my entire life and that is one of them. And it is fantastic. <laughs> so yeah. great, great selection there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I was like so inspired by it as a kid, like San, she's like the wolf princess. So she rides these like really huge white wolves in the movie. But then as a kid, me thinking I'm San, I'm starting to get on my neighbor's German shepherd thinking that I can ride them, you know, and everybody's like, what's wrong with her? And I was like, method acting. We're getting into it, guys. Don't worry. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Also from Tobias, might you be interested in writing or directing one day? That question is coming at a very funny time. Oh, uh, yeah. To share. So <laughs> I'm I'm currently working on something. I'm currently, you know, it's always been something that's been on my mind. Like, I've, you know, I did songwriting when I was a kid. I took a directing course when I was in theater at my high school. Like, it's kind of been in my face that I have the ability to create. I don't know how I wanted to do it, and recently. I I've found myself writing, like exploring all of that because I've just been pulled by like a lot of stories that I've heard personal experiences, music that's come into my life over the past year that really just brought in this thing, like this beautiful idea. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of just been um, just going through with that the past few months. I finished it in April mm-hmm. while we were shooting Shorzy actually. 
And, um, you know, I'm kind of just dabbling in it. I'm having fun with it. I don't really know what's, what that's about, but I just know when the inspiration hits, you just kind of got to run with it. So, um, that's kind of what I'm doing and it's been fun. And I do eventually want to direct. I think that is something that is very much on my, my goal board in this industry. And, you know, I'm already writing. I didn't think I would ever write because I honestly don't have the patience to sit down and try to put my thoughts onto paper. It's very hard. Um, but I, I, I didn't, the inspiration hit and it happened. So we're in the works. We're working there. We're getting there. Don't know where it's going to go, but we're, we're going. Mm -hmm. Uh, final question from our friend, Austin. Uh, first a comment, then a question. Uh, Blair, it was so lovely to meet you at Peddlers and talk about tattoos and books. What are you reading right now and what's your favorite book you've ever read? So Awesome, our friend, she was one of the people who came up to Sudbury with us. She's also the the uh, moderator on Reddit, on the yes. Letter Kenny Reddit. Okay, so you do you remember meeting her? Yeah. I remember her. She, she had a stunning outfit that yes, night. That, yes. Like, she caught my eye. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, that sounds like awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was amazing. Outside having a smoke, a whole chit-chat. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, um, yeah, she wants to know uh, tattoos and books. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? That's a good question. I look over here because, mm-hmm. well, if I have to be honest, the first thing I'm reading is like I have this like life special edition on vampires <laughs> and all the movies and the lore. So like that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just like a personal interest. I love there's a theme going on here. Yeah, yeah. Can you, you guys kind of get the vision of like who I am? Yeah. Okay. So um, that is something I'm doing. But I also have this right now that I'm reading. It's called Braiding Sweetgrass. Oh, and it just okay. um, has to deal with just like indigenous wisdom, scientific knowledge and teaching of plants, stories, things like that, um, kind of keeping me grounded there. Mm-hmm. But my favorite book, uh, that's kind of tricky because I have like two top contenders and they're both, you guys are going to laugh. They're both vampire books. And um, so one of them is called Marked. And it's like actually the series that came out in the early 2000s about actually a Cherokee indigenous girl that Mm. turns into a vampire. And she has to go to like a vampire academy and deals with like all the trials and tribulations of that. And it's coming of age, teeny bopper stuff. And then the other one is uh, the best of all time. It's Twilight. Like, oh, oh God, really? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Twilight slander is not expected in this house. Okay? I just saw. Shut up, uh, Matt. Shut up. Well, yeah. I just saw. She's not going to come back now. Oh, oh, are you a hater? Are you, what do you mean? I know you're team Edward. You look like you're team Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i'm not a big reader i i i'm a movie buff mm-hmm. i tried to do the twilight I, nothing is off limits and i just it's one of the few series i actually could not get through i did the Fair first enough. movie i'm like <sighs> i got yeah. into the second one and i stopped and that was it <laughs> and fair enough you know what that's a valiant effort i'll give it to you you know yeah. like you, the fact that you tried yeah, in all fairness, everyone always says the book is better than the movie. So I've never tried yeah. the book, so I won't hate on it. I'm just hating on what I have seen and, and 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 endured. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I could not disagree more, but I hear you. <laughs> Matt already disqualified himself when he said he's not a reader, so don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, second thing from Awesome, she wants to know if you would do an AMA on Reddit. Uh, she's a moderator. She can set you Ooh. up. You know what those are? The ask me yeah, anything. Ask me anything. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That could be fun. I will connect you to tomorrow um, on, on email and she can get Yay. that set up. That's great. Cool. Um, so I think the only things left here, Matt is uh, for your question and then we can wrap it up. 
Yeah, so I know we're getting to wrap up here. So first off, Blair, thank you so much for coming out. This was am amazing. We're so excited to have you guys on the show, and, <laughs> and and you did not disappoint. We'll get beyond the twilight difference. I, I can look past it. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I'll turn. I'll turn. I'll turn my cheek. It's okay. Tell <laughs> but my question is always, and again, feel free to interpret this or answer in any way that makes sense to you. But um, I mean, we celebrating Letter Kenny and now Shores and everything. We we love these shows, but we see it as a lot more. Right? There's a lot more going on than just banter humor. Um, from your perspective, what what has it meant to you to be part of Shorzy? It's it's about it's about teamwork. It's about family for me. Like I feel like for me going into my head into the show, I was already connected to like it in a family way, mm -hmm. right? Because like my dad and my brother watched it, and it was something that we all did together. But then like coming into this world. And seeing how much the crew and the and the cast and everybody just genuinely connected made it just feel exponentially better and not like work. And that kind of mirror is also the team, you know, like mm -hmm. the team. We are a family. We're a unit. We all work together, you know, like we have each other's backs. And it really mirrors that in real life, too. And I think that's the biggest thing that I love about it is it genuinely feels like a family. We've created something really cool. Well put. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much and congratulations on Shore Z. And we can't wait to see what's coming next. Yes, we can't Yay. wait for season two. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Have I, I have to ask the question. So you love, you know, the horror stuff and stuff. Do you celebrate uh Halloween? And if so, what's your, your best ah, costume? Your go to costume. I do celebrate Halloween. I'm a big Halloween girl. I, I, um, I get that vibe from you, yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> you're just little. Just yeah. Little. Um, my favorite, and this one is gonna be funny, but so there's a movie called Jennifer's Body mm -hmm. with Megan Fox. Yeah. Um, that's one of my one of my favorite movies, go-to comfort movies. And um, so I dressed up one year as uh Jennifer Check when she had just been um put like sacrificed, I guess. So when she's at Amanda Seyfried's house and you see her covered in blood and the jacket's all ripped up, and it's just like feathers everywhere and gore that was my favorite hands down because wow. like I just looked insane and it was it was great I loved every moment of it anytime I could be covered in blood I, I was just gonna say yeah <laughs> there's a pattern yeah there's a yeah. pattern <laughs> Blair do you have anything you want to promote or bring attention to before before we uh, finish up uh, I would like to say go stream Highest Self by Joe Dolo. Oh, we're going to get to that. Oh, yes. If you want clear skin, if you want abundance, you'll do that. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Excellent. <laughs> and where can people follow you on the socials? On socials, I'm under Blair Lamora on Twitter and on Instagram. Excellent. So find me there. Thank you so much. And funny you bring that up because I did reach out to you and I asked you, what song would you like me to play us out to today? And you're the team player. You picked. Here we go. Highest Self by Joe Dolo. Such a sick tune. I just also it want to is. say, Blair, thank you so much Glad for coming out. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I know all of our female listeners, we just we're so excited to have the girls you come out and and, and and share their stories with us. So thank you. Absolutely. Next time you're in town, let us know. Definitely, yes. We'll go grab a drink. We'll do something. Okay. Right. The profit rehabilitate my mind, my lifestyle.
And that's all we have for this episode. Don't forget, you can use the promo code PROTOSAN for 20% off any purchase at DiabolicalCoffee.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or become a patron. You can also follow us on social media at Pod. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of Blair, Tanya, Matt, and myself, thank you for listening, and have a great week. And streets don't love nobody, but they hold my bro accountable. Black on black crime got me thinking, are we cannibal? I'm confident, not cocky, but I'm focused on the Adderall. You giving all your soul to social media, that shit critical. Different cloth, some of my people probably make you uncomfortable.